uh, for who you are and for your presence here with us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of gathering in person uh, where that's possible and virtually where that's not possible to, uh, to meet with you together as your people. Now, Lord, as we turn our attention uh, to your word, we ask that you would speak, encourage, instruct us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah and amen. Praise the Lord. Let me just real quick before I jump into the word, I did also want to say this. Uh, just, you know, about uh, the, the, you know, the, the worship, uh, the music, ministry, and whatnot that goes on here. Part of what you don't see is what goes on back here uh, in, in this booth. And I was up there, I'm up there every week on Sunday morning a little bit, a little bit, but there's stuff that looks like right out of Star Trek up there. I mean, there's uh, uh, lights flashing and buttons and, and, and knobs everywhere. And it is an, an extraordinary amount of work paying attention constantly, turning things to, to, to help from that end take what's going on up here and, and make it. And I just want to give a big hand to the, to the folks who work uh, behind the scenes, the, the sound people. You know, sound people is a tough job. The only time you notice the sound people is the sound's off, and then you all turn and give them that stink face look, right? Uh, uh, um, but but when, when everything's good and sounds fantastic, you don't even notice them. It's kind of a tough, thankless job, but it, it, I just, I've, I've watched those guys, and I am super grateful for all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every every week when, when they put my mic on, I say, make me sound smart, and it hasn't worked yet. But anyway, they're going to they're gonna keep working on that one. So praise the Lord. All right, well, last Sunday, uh, Pastor Matt shared a word with us from Hebrews chapter 10, really a strong word from Hebrews chapter 10. And it honestly was so good. I spent the bulk of last week, or a good chunk of last week, going over that same passage he shared from again and again and again. And so with your indulgence, I want to go back there this morning, and maybe for the next several weeks, and just want to continue to try and mine out of this passage from Hebrews chapter 10 some of the treasure I believe the Lord has for you. I think the Lord wants to speak to you particularly uh, even more out of this passage of Scripture. So we're going to do that. And just to get us focused and moving this morning, will you stand with me, please, in honor of the Word of God? And we're going to read together Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 to 25. If you're with me here in the Center for New Life, I'll read the plain text if you'll join me in reading the highlighted portions. And if you're worshiping with us in one of our other locations, in the chapel or, or over our YouTube channel, just read the passage as it pops up on the screen. That way we'll walk through it together. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 22. This is what the Bible says. Let us draw near to God with a sincere, a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord, and, and you may be seated. Now, based on Pastor Matt's new commitment or new discipline or whatever, every time he talks with us, he shares three points. And if you notice, last week he shared three points with us. One, he said, for all of us, we need to draw near to God, we need to step into the chaos, and we need to be faithful and diligent to meet together with and as the people of God. You remember, I hope, those three points from last week. In many ways, those three points provide the fundamental basis for Christian discipleship, the very backbone of the Christian life and calling. If you've ever wondered, as 
What am I supposed to do with myself? How am I supposed to order my life? How am I supposed to spend my time? Here's a fantastic, simple template right from the Bible. You should spend time alone with God. You should spend time together with the people of God. And you should spend time reaching out to the people around you. Last week, Pastor Matt did a fantastic job enumerating these three things that ought to be occupying our time. This morning, I want to go back and start to dig in and and root through this a little bit more. Right after the service last week, someone from the church came up to me and asked an incredibly important question. They asked, how do we do these things? Actually, very specifically, the question related to one of the three things on that list, but it applies, frankly, to all three of them. It's a great question. I mean, these are, these are the foundation, the bedrocks of how to live, how to function as a disciple of Jesus, a, a, as a Christian in the world. It's a great question, so I want us to dig into it a little bit. The writer of Hebrews sort of introduces this section, proclaiming, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And I'll stop there for a second and make sure you pay attention to the prepositional phrase at the end of that statement, because it makes all the difference in the world. Yes, we have confidence to come before God. Yes, we can approach the throne of God, the most holy place where God dwells in all of his glory, assured that we will be welcomed there. But we can do that only by the blood of Jesus. Literally in the Greek text it says, in the blood of Jesus. There are lots of people today who've heard a lot about the love of God. and They've heard about the goodness of God. They've heard about the grace and the mercy of God. And as a result, they imagine incorrectly that they can boldly walk into the presence of God anytime they want to, any way they want to, simply because he's nice. The problem is many of those people don't really know God. They're drawn to his love. They're drawn to his grace. They're drawn to his compassion as they should be. But they ignore the reality of his blinding holiness. They refuse too often to acknowledge his holy demands. They refuse to try and abide by his holy decrees. They believe that God is good and kind. But all too often they forget how often they are not. They want to believe in God, but they don't want to believe in sin. And so they don't believe they need a Savior. They want to believe that Jesus is nice, but they refuse to believe he's necessary. And that's a really serious problem. Because Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus are what guarantee our welcome in the presence of God. So, since by the blood of Jesus you are welcome in the most holy place where God dwells in all his glory, the writer goes on to say, let us draw near to God with a sincere.
sincere heart and full assurance of faith. This is your first duty as a child of God. Every day, every moment of the day, let us draw near to God. This is not a one-time, once-upon-a-time thing. I prayed a sinner's prayer, I drew near to God, and now I don't have to worry about that anymore. We are to continually be drawing near to God, pressing into God, looking to God, listening to God. As Pastor Matt suggested last week, you need to do this before you do anything else. You need to draw near to God before you speak, before you tweet, before you post or repost. You need to draw near to God before you act or react or make a decision. Before you respond to that snarky comment, I encourage you to take a moment and draw near to God. Before you storm into your boss's office, you might want to take a moment and draw near to God. Before you throw in the towel on your marriage, I urge you to take some time to draw near to God. Before you go spend the night with that guy, take some time to draw near to God. Two weeks ago in our midweek, communion service on Facebook Live, I I shared just a few thoughts from the beginning of Psalm 62. It was a psalm this week. Psalm 62 begins this way. It says, my soul finds rest in God alone. Without a doubt, this past year has been very hard on people's souls. Between the pandemic and the presidential election, economic slowdowns and government shutdowns, Masks and social distancing and quarantine, separation and isolation from people you love and care about, having to educate your children at home, it has taken a toll on people's souls. Often more seriously than they've recognized. I was doing some work on this as I got ready for that midweek service a couple of weeks ago. In 2020, in the United States of America, we saw a 300% increase in anxiety disorders, a 400% increase in depressive disorders, and in 2020, in the United States of America, 63% of young people between the ages of 18 and 24, that's more than three out of every five young adults in America experiencing anxiety or depressive disorder in 2020. Our souls have been taking a beating, often beyond the surface of our recognition. i got to be honest with you, I can identify. I've certainly had my share of struggles this past year. There have been days, there have been weeks, I have felt completely overwhelmed by the things we're facing, the decisions we're making, trying to figure out, do we open, do we close? What is the safest way to honor God and the command of God, not to forsake gathering together, and yet do it in a way that protects the people of God and honors them, that honors civil authority? I have felt overwhelmed. i got to tell you, there have been days, there have been many days when I found myself sitting alone in my office or sitting alone in my car, and I'll go off in my car and sit and read and pray and just sit through those solitary moments. There have been many days I've sat there and simply wanted to cry. Not because of anything at all in specific, but because
because I just felt sad and heavy and wanted to cry. I got, I, and I'll be honest with you, some of those days I managed poorly, giving in to the heaviness, becoming sad, becoming aloof, sometimes becoming downright surly. Praise the Lord, some of those days I handled well. And those were the days when I recognized I needed God. I needed to draw near to God to find rest and sometimes to find healing for my soul. Let me just stop here for a moment and say, if that is you, maybe you already recognize that and that's you. If you don't, let me just ask you, maybe you recognize yourself in some of this. If you've been uh, feeling or, or behaving testier than usual, Maybe you're less energetic than usual. You're finding it harder to go to sleep at night, or you're finding it harder to get out of bed in the morning. Maybe you're paying less attention to how you put yourself together and present yourself to other people. You're spending a lot more time in sweatpants, in other words. You find yourself quicker to snap at your spouse or to snap at your children. You find yourself raising your voice. Maybe even yelling at times ways you you would not have done that before. Maybe you're wondering out loud if God really cares about you. Or you're always waiting. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. You're always waiting for that human drama. If any of that sounds like you, and I put my time in there, if any of that sounds like you, your soul By the way, let me be clear. The answer is not a trip to Maui. It's not. We convince ourselves it is. If I could just get to Hawaii, I would be happy. It's like the pool of Siloam, you know, if I could just get there. But it's a lie. It's a lie. You're going to come back from Hawaii and face all the things you left to get there. The Bible says my soul finds rest in God alone. Your soul is not really revived. Your soul is not really refreshed. Your soul is not really renewed anywhere except the presence of God. And so your very first duty as a child of God and the first instruction out of this passage of Scripture is let us draw near to God. And yet the question remains, how do you do that? It's a very nice biblical phrase, let us draw near to God. It's a very common religious piece of advice, you need to draw near to God. But I'm going to be honest, it can be incredibly frustrating when you think you're trying to do that, and time and again you feel like you're coming up empty. But really, really, how do you draw near to God? When you're tired or scared or disappointed, when work's not going well or you're When you're tired or angry or totally depressed, how do you draw near to God? Well, let's go ahead right here and get rid of all that fake, churchy, religious stuff. Because, well, you ought to know the answer. If you're struggling.
might need deliverance. If you're sad and depressed, you might have a demon. If your thoughts aren't all rosy and your life experience isn't all happy, something's wrong with you and your faith. Let's take all of that and get it out of the way. But I want to assure you, the Bible is chock full of accounts of people struggling. Moses, Esther, David. then finding their footing again in God. So when it comes to pressing into the Lord, when it comes to drawing near to God, the good news is God's given us many, many tools to help us do that. And you know what they are. You've heard them. You've talked about them. You know them. Sometimes they're called spiritual disciplines, things like prayer, reading the Bible, corporate worship, holy communion. So many tools, so many things God has given us to help us draw near to him. Let's be honest. I want to be honest with you. These spiritual disciplines work much better as a means of drawing near to God than they work simply as disciplines. You're reading the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible. And and, and let's be clear. I understand if you are struggling, if your soul is weary, and, and you hear me saying, you know, pray and read your Bible and blah, 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 you, uh, you've got to be tempted to throw up your hands and say, I've tried all that. I just want to beg you, don't do that. It's not biblical. Please don't do that. Because at the heart of anything of value, I can ever tell you, are two convictions I hold and I take them on. Number one, things always work way God designed them to work. And number two, God's plans and God's ways are always the right plans and ways. So please don't say, I've tried prayer, that works for me. I've tried Bible study, that works for me. Hold on with me for a minute. See, too often people have taken these tools, prayer, Bible reading, corporate worship, and they've tried to use them as excuse rather than as a tool. Say, read the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible. They they pray to get something they want. But the truth is, listen to me, I need to remind you, what you need is God. You don't need to pray more. You need God. You don't need to read your Bible more. You need God. But praying more is often a way to draw near to him. Reading your Bible is often a way to draw near to him. What you need is God and the things you find in the presence of God. The love, the peace, the joy, the hope, and the healing you find in the presence of God. So the Bible says in Hebrews, let us draw near to God. Now, like I said, there are lots of biblical ways to get near. Praying, corporate worship, private singing of songs, hymns, spiritual songs. So many ways to get near. All biblical tools of drawing near to God. But what has worked for me? I do that best in the Word, some time in the Word. The Lord most often meets me powerfully in the pages of the Bible. And before you say, well, that doesn't work for me, I want to urge you not to give up this way. Because it's a remarkable special gift of God. Now, to be honest, there have been plenty of times I've read the Bible and not sensed the presence of God at all. Let's just be honest. But let's 
also be honest, looking back, almost always, that was my fault. It tends to happen when I read the Bible and don't sense the presence of God. That tends to happen when I read the Bible mechanically. I just kind of putting in my time. I'm going to read for 30 minutes if it kills me. Or it happens when I read the Bible academically. I want to learn something just for the sake of learning something. Or it happens when I read the Bible mystically, as if, as if reading the Bible is somehow magic. And if I just power through this chapter of Obadiah, lightning's going to go off in my spirit. None of those things are true, and none of those things are how it works. But i got to tell you, when I take time to read the Bible to draw near to God, getting alone, getting quiet, giving it the time it needs, reading prayerfully and communing with God in the process of reading, sometimes it's praying portions of the text back to him, making comments or asking questions as I read, Lord, that's really awesome. Lord, what does that mean? Lord, do I act like that? When I read the Bible that way, I find almost every time I draw near to God and there's rest and healing for my soul. The key for me, at least, is not just to read the Bible, but to read the Bible to draw near to God, to read it to commune and to connect with Him, to hear from Him, to look at Him, just to have that time in his great love for you that he forever proved in Jesus. Entering the most holy place where God dwells in all his glory by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that makes you clean. The blood of Jesus that is so precious. The blood of Jesus that God the Father esteems so highly. When you come into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus, you can be rest assured you are welcome with open arms. This is your first duty as a child of God. And as a disciple of Jesus, to spend time alone with God, getting to know him better, and letting him begin to speak to you through his word. Father, we thank you because we always thank you for the power and clarity of your word. Lord, for the, for the way you've instructed us, for the way you've called us. Lord, for the way you've called us to yourself, to Jesus, to be born again, to be made new, to enter into eternal life and new life in him. And then when we're there, you haven't just left us to figure it out, but you continue to instruct us in the scriptures how to walk it out, how to live moment by moment, day by day as a follower of Jesus. When it's hard and when it's scary and when it's exhausting and disappointing, you still tell us, you show us what to do and how to walk through that. committed to drawing near to you, to running into your arms, being made whole in your presence. And for anybody here who's got that soul weariness, whose soul needs some rest, whose soul needs some healing, I just pray you would bring them into your presence. Help them come into your presence. Use the tools you've offered to them and meet them and heal them there in your presence. In Jesus' name.
working for.